Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days. This is your host, John Hagedorn. And this is the exciting conclusion of The Wife of the Red-Haired Man on Rod Serling's Zero Hour. And now, our story. Exercise your imagination. This week, Bill S. Ballinger's best-selling novel of the pursuit of a damned couple. The Wife of the Red-Haired Man. Starring Patty Dugaston. John Astor. And Howard Duff. Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by Contact and the makers of Kodak cameras. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. returned after having been missing for seven years to find his wife Mercedes married to Albert Turner. In a confrontation, Rohan panics and kills Turner. Mercedes, still in love with the red-haired man, flees with him, paying for their escape by selling her jewels. As their flight continues, Rohan subtly changes, losing his assurance, his confidence, even much of his ability to make decisions. Assigned to the case are two New York City detectives, scores of homicide, and Williams of the 19th Precinct. They have been painstakingly putting together the puzzle of Albert Turner's murder by tracing Mercedes Turner and Hugh Rohan's earlier life. Their trail has taken them from New York to Connecticut to Virginia. Time is what's needed in police work. Time for lab work, time to check out clues, time to find witnesses... Time to get replies to the hundreds of flyers that are put out to locate stolen or missing property. Two weeks after Albert Turner's murder, the Missing Property Bureau called me regarding a batch of jewelry bought by a New York wholesaler. One of the items was a pair of diamond cluster earrings sold to the New York outfit by a shop in Richmond, Virginia. The earrings were those described by the insurance company as belonging to Mercedes Turner, part of the jewelry she'd taken from her safe deposit box the morning after her husband's murder. I flew down to Richmond to talk to a man named Town who'd bought the earrings from the Turner woman. If you'd uh, look at this sketch, please, Mr. Town. Does the woman seem familiar to you? Hmm. Uh, yes, sir, it looks like her, sort of. But, uh, you know, the first gentleman I talked to in New York mentioned the name Turner. The lady I wrote out a check to was a Mrs. Brewer. As soon as the check clears, I'd like a copy of her endorsement. Compare it with our suspect's handwriting. Make sure we've got the right person. All right. I'd be pleased to help you. How did the lady react to the money you gave her? Was she disappointed, you suggested? Mm-hmm. She was indeed. But then they always are, you know. A person don't take into account mark-up and resale prices and so on and so on. She was disappointed, I'd say. But she accepted your offer. Oh, yes, yes. We have a good reputation, whether she knew it or not. I offered her a fair price, and after a few minutes of debating with herself, she accepted the check. Was she alone? Or was there a man with her? She was alone, sir. If someone was with her, he stayed outside because she was alone. (sighs) 
We stayed in Kansas City while I advertised that my jewelry and mink coat were for sale. Where Hugh had wanted to run, to move constantly. Now, without explanation, he changed and seemed content to stay. Not content, perhaps, but at least no longer argumentative. Then one evening, we were sitting in our room having a drink together. When suddenly he began to talk about what had happened. Stupid. You see, I always wanted to be a doctor. All my life. To help people. Not kill them. Well, you know... In a war, you see things. There are things you have to do. Terrible things. Brutal, awful things. The army reported you missing in action. Then, after a few years, they told me you were presumed dead. Well, what happened was... See, this one day, we were out on a search and destroy. I was on one flank, and it was all quiet and pretty. I remember a jet, a passenger jet, Air France, I think, flying overhead, filled with civilians going about their peaceful business. And... What happened that day, honey? All hell broke loose. I don't know, they, they must have been waiting for us. I got separated. I, I, I couldn't find anyone. The air was black. Men screaming. Did you ever hear a man scream in pain? No. You see, it's, it's not that I was yellow, but all that blood and terror. Pain. I left there. I, I, I just wandered off. The army didn't find you? No, no way. It was like an animal crawling through the jungle, hiding, afraid for my life. Somehow, I, I, I don't know how, I, I got to the coast, to where the merchant ships were anchored, waiting to get into the harbor and unload. That's where I met Cargill, a merchant seaman on the job ashore, an old tanker. He told me he'd give me his papers and get me a berth on an outgoing freighter to Montreal, if I'd help him. Help him how? Well, he wanted me to deliver some uncut movies to a fence there. Do you, do you understand? I, I, you see, I, I didn't do it for money. Not for anything. Except to get away from there and, and get home. Home to you. That's all I wanted. Do you understand? Yes, Hugh. Of course. But how... Exactly. How? That's where it all comes apart. I was caught before I made the delivery. Cargill hadn't given me a package of rubies. I was carrying heroin... Didn't you tell the police? No, no, no. I kept Cargill's papers and shut up. You see, I, I thought I'd serve my time and not tell anyone, not even you, until it was over. And then we could go away somewhere and I, I'd take another name. I'd study medicine and, and be a doctor the way I always wanted. Look at me, Mercy. Yes, dear. Is it too late? I don't know. You don't blame me? No. In New Orleans, there's a man who can get us passports, but it, it, it's expensive. We'll sell more jewelry. And someone will buy the coat. He's after us, you know. Who? A cop. I told you, I know when he's on to something. It's 
It's like the two of us are connected. Hugh, he... He may be after us. We don't know what they found out. I'm going to paint the car blue. And I'm going to get another set of plates. I'll be back. So many people had so much stuff for sale. Wearing it down, huh? Well, it's beginning to well. Look at this. Watches for sale. Also necklaces, bracelets, pendants, brooches, earrings. <laughs> Anything your heart desires is from sale, coast to coast. And this. Mink coat. Turner won't have a mink coat. No name or address in here. Just the Jefferson Hotel, Kansas City, room 1417 and the hotel phone number. Hotel. Uh, room 1417, please. Will you hold? That line is busy. Uh, yes, I'll wait. They ringing? Yeah, room phone's busy. I'm on hold. Why don't you pick up the extension? Yeah. I can ring your party now. Thank you. Yes? You the party offering a mink coat for sale? Uh, no. Uh, there was an ad last Sunday's newspaper advertising a fur coat for sale? No, I don't know anything about it. I just checked in last night. Sorry. Oh, I see. Well, uh, get the hotel operator for me again, will you please? Yeah, sure. Operator, may I help you? Yes, operator. This is the New York police. Uh, who was the party checked out of room 1417 yesterday? Uh, one moment, sir. I'll check that for you. You think it was them, huh? Almost sure. Uh, sir, the party registered as Mr. and Mrs. Y.V. Garfield, North Sneedham Drive, Detroit, Michigan. Thank you, operator. Okay, I'll check it out with Detroit. Eight, five, and even, they're phony. I'll get some more information from the Kansas City cops. We stayed longer in Kansas City than we planned. We moved from hotel to hotel, running ads in the paper, and I sold off my jewelry piece by piece. Winter held Missouri in a bleak embrace. The city tried to cheer itself with holiday decorations, strings of lights and vivid displays from the plaza to the downtown area. But the approach of Christmas brought little joy to Hugh or me. It was then that he began to disappear for hours at a time. I assumed he was walking or reading in the library. Anything to be out of that confining hotel room. Uh, you the uh, store manager? Uh, your assistant, Davis. Uh, the, uh, a sign in your window uh, for help? You need a stock boy, $2 an hour. I'll, I'll take it, Mr. Davis. Mm -hmm. What's your name? Uh, Tufts. All right, Tufts, full or part-time? Um, uh, part-time, but, 
As many hours as I can get in. The stock room's downstairs. Report to the chief clerk. Get a time card, punch in and out. You'll be paid every day. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Davis. Wifey Garfield and wife, North Sneedham Drive, Detroit, didn't exist. No such persons, no such address. KC cops furnished us with a description of the couple which fit loosely Rohan and Mercedes Turner. Except no red hair. But I'd already figured he'd have dyed it by now. Scores and I brought our chiefs up to date, and an hour later, we were on a plane to Kansas City. You think he's still there? Well, if not, we'll pick up the end of the string. Well, if they have busted out, where do you suppose he might be heading? Well, Mexico? Oh, she's too smart for Mexico. Look around right of the country, somewhere they speak English, England, Australia, New Zealand. Well, maybe not England. The cops are too good there. Hey, maybe he's still got the same car. Last we heard was a gray compact, Michigan plates. That might mean something. What? In Virginia, they use New Jersey plates. In Kansas City, they have Michigan plates. Yeah, might change again, huh? Yeah. Kansas City, Missouri, just across the river from Kansas City, Kansas. My hunch is they'll pick Kansas plates. Less obvious? Exactly. Mercedes Turner's a cutie. Plenty smart. Not too sure about Rohan. You really zeroed in on him, didn't you? From the beginning, before there was any proof, I knew he was there. I just knew what he looked like. A bit how he thinks. He's our best bet. The weakest? Yeah. Yeah, put it like that. Rohan's intelligent, but he's emotional. Poor control. He's going to break sooner or later. He's more of a drag than an asset. If Mercedes Turner were all by herself, that'd be another story. The Zero Hour continues after this. Gradually, I sold off the jewelry and we began to accumulate the money we needed to get our passports and arrange for passage out of the country. Hugh, meanwhile, continued to disappear each day. But I must confess that it was easier not having him underfoot in each of those small hotel rooms we occupied. Well, good morning. Didn't think you were going to show. Uh, sorry, Mr. Davis. I, I, Christmas is day after tomorrow. I'd be glad. You said that uh, uh, working here, I, I can get a 20% discount? Yes, tops anything in the store. Now, get with it. Restock counter 15 with perfume. Uh, yes, sir. As soon as I get my jackets. We arrived in Kansas City before noon. The local cops gave us plenty of cooperation. We started checking hotels, big and little, good and bad, a million of them. At some of them, they remembered a couple staying a few days, running an ad to sell jewelry, then checking out. At the Jefferson, there was an unclaimed letter for the Garfields from a Mrs. Arms, return address in Kansas City. I went to check it out, but nobody was home. Downtown garages were covered for a three-year-old gray compact with Michigan or Kansas plates. By then, it was dark. Walking to our hotel, I passed a big super drugstore. I needed some things, went in, walked back toward men's toiletries. Can I help you? Yes, I uh, need a shaving kit and some blades. How and... about a new electric razor? No, just uh, blades, cream, uh, aftershave. Uh... Something wrong? The man over there uh, by the perfume counter. From the stockroom. Has he been here long? Most of us are extra help for the Christmas rush. Is there anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. Hey, where'd he go? Why, back to the stockroom, I guess. Where? Where's that? In the basement. Hey, your things! Don't you want them? A guy just comes through here? Yeah, tops like a rocket in his tail. Same as you. Which way? The alley. Rohan! Rohan! 
South now? Yes. New Orleans, I guess. Not directly. Where's the map of Louisiana? In the glove compartment. It isn't. Oh, I remember I had it in our room at the hotel. We'll get another one. It's the policeman that tried to arrest you in the drugstore. What would you have done? Shot him. Would that have helped? There'll always be another. I'll get as many as I can. Let me see the gun. Okay. Be careful. How many shots? Seven. One in the chamber, six in the clip. Hugh, look. A truck stalled up there. Look, there's lights on it. No one around. He probably went for help. Stop the car. Get the, get the Nebraska plate. Okay. Right away. I'll keep the gun in my purse. At least I knew Rohan and the Turner woman were in Kansas City. Why had they stayed over? Well, I figured she was still trying to sell more jewelry. I bid it to the newspaper office. They were making up the morning edition. There was an ad, as I expected. Robich Hotel, room number, with a diamond bracelet for sale. When Scores and I got there, we'd missed them by half an hour. The local cops and the highway patrol sent out an all-points bulletin. Meanwhile, I went out to see Mrs. Arms and wrote the unclaimed letter. She was at home now. Pleasant-faced woman, mixed gray and blonde hair, living in a big, comfortable fieldstone house, log burning in the fireplace. Why, yes, I went down to Mrs. Garfield's room at the hotel. I was interested in the fur coat she wanted to sell. But you didn't buy it? No, it was a lovely coat. I... I made her an offer, but she didn't take it. Well, I came home and thought it over. Later, I tried to call her, but there was no answer. So, I dropped her a note offering more. Mrs. Arms, when you were in the hotel room, uh, did you see anything unusual? No, nothing. The pieces of luggage, closed, toilet articles on the dresser. Think, please try to remember. It may not seem important, but anything other than personal items. Well, now, let me see... There was a, a writing desk, uh, something on it, mm. um, a, a red cover, blue and white letters, uh, folded, a, a map. Of what, Mrs. Arms? What map? Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Louisiana. That's it. Louisiana, New Orleans. What town is this? I don't know. How far are we from Kansas City? About 40 miles. I'm worried. They must have roadblocks up further down. We just keep going until we hit them. No, wait. That bus in front of the cafe. You let me off here, middle of the block. What for? I'm catching that bus south. We have to split up here. It's the only way to get through. Wait a minute. No. Take this money. Meet me in New Orleans. The old hotel on Dupelo Street. Use the name Graham. When? Christmas. Be careful. You are listening to Mutual's presentation of... Tomorrow at this time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense, The Wife of the Red-Haired Man. I'm Rod Serling. Today's episode brought to you in part by Contact and the makers of Kodak cameras. 
This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. You have been listening to The Zero Hour, a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System in association with Hollywood Radio Theater. Heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host. Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. Hugh Douglas speaking. Tune in tomorrow and once again... Rest your eyes and listen here to the Zero Hour. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Bill S. Ballinger's best-selling novel of the pursuit of a damned couple. The wife of the red-haired man. Starring Patty Duplaston. John Aston. And Howard Duff. Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by Quaker State Motor Oil, Alka-Seltzer, and MEM. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. For the concluding episode of The Wife of the Red-Haired Man. After seven years in prison, Hugh Rohan has returned to claim his wife, Mercedes. In a confrontation with her second husband, Albert Turner, Rohan panics and murders Turner. Out of her love for Rohan, Mercedes Turner collects her jewels and her fur coat, and together the lovers flee. After long weeks of painstaking work, they've traced the couple to Kansas City. But once again, Mercedes Turner and Hugh Rohan evade them by splitting up. She to take a bus to New Orleans, he to drive their car alone. But first, this word. I want to teach a lonely child to laugh more. I want to learn the pain of loving
I'd been right. Roadblocks had been set up on highways leading to New Orleans. But the police were looking for two people in a gray compact car. And the bus I was on was stopped only long enough for an officer to question the driver. He was waiting for me in a nearly deserted hotel on Tupelo Street. He was in bed, his temperature raging. He seemed fuzzy with his fever. Although he did struggle out of bed to greet me. So glad to see you. I thought you weren't going to come. You sick? Oh, no, it's, it's just a cold. I froze driving that heap without my coat. You were right about the roadblocks. Come on now. Get back in bed, honey. Okay. Oh, that's better. Phew. It's hot. I'll get some aspirin. No, 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 that's okay. Stay with me. That's the most important medicine. That you stay with me. All right. What about the roadblocks? Oh, they stopped me. I'd had my gun and I shot my way through, but they didn't even ask questions. Man alone, blue car instead of gray, different plates. He, he said you have shot your way through? I told you, Mercy, I won't go back and I won't be separated from you again. Here. Christmas present for you. Perfume. My favorite perfume. You remembered. I can't ever forget anything about you. You want me to ask where you got the money? All right. Where? Kansas City. I had a part-time job. Stock boy. Just to buy me a Christmas present. Is there a better reason to work? I think it's the best present. Oh, I have something for you, too. A pipe. With a bowl trimmed in silver. You remembered. Honey. Remember before we were married? You told me if you had me, and you were a doctor who smoked a silver trimmed pipe, you'd be content. That's all you wanted. Yeah. Merry Christmas, honey. <laughs> you don't, please. <laughs> I don't cry. What happened? Mercy, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. Life. <laughs> Life happened. It's so unfair. Yeah. Mercy. Hmm? You remember I told you that I knew what the cop was thinking? Do you remember? Yes. Well, we got through the roadblock, but he hasn't stopped. He's on to us. He knows what we're planning. Yeah, no, he's going to find me. And you know... You, please. Please. When he finds me, I'm going to kill him. Rohan and the woman got through the roadblock somehow. Probably repainted the car and changed plates once again. Split up, perhaps. Only one of them was in the car when it passed the block. Scores and I went straight into New Orleans. 
I knew my man by then well enough to know that he needed a port city from which to escape the country. Now oh, they'll ship out from here. Yeah. Well, they'll sure have a fantastic selection of ships. They're all covered. Every ship, boat, planes, bus, everything's covered. Well, you know, Will, you're assuming they're here in New Orleans. They're here. I'll tell you something else. I'll be looking for passage to an English-speaking country. Someplace where they won't be conspicuous. So? What's the game plan? We're here. We wait. They've got to move. They can't stay. And the moment they try to leave the city, we've got them. Murder one. from the hotel the next morning, although Hugh still had a fever. I found an old rooming house, a private place the police would overlook. We were the only paying guests. It was a marvelous old home run by an ancient southern lady who appeared too frail to keep up such a place. But she cleaned and cooked and tended her overgrown garden. And for two weeks, Hugh and I didn't stir from that house. Finally, of course, Hugh had to make contact with Bert Crossley, the convict he'd known in prison. The man who gave us our passport. We were disappointed to find that Bert was back in prison. But he had a brother, Flip, who owned a bar just outside the Vieux Carré and might be able to help us. He went to see him. Friend of Ber Brother Bert, huh? Come on back to my office. What do you want? I I served time with Bert in Bordeaux. I'm uh, I'm Red Cargill. Let's get rid of a question. You hot? Plenty. I and my wife want to get out of the country. With a lady along, that makes it rough. I can pay for it, rough or not. You you have five grand. That's what it'll take for two passports. I have it. Where do you want to go? Australia, New Zealand, any place you speak English. England. No, no, not England or Canada. Okay, don't come back here again. Where can I reach you? At this number. That's where the stands. I don't know how long it'll take, but when I call you, be ready to move fast and have the five grand ready. Agreed? Yes, agreed. George and I sat there for three weeks. There was no sign of Rohan or the woman. Hotels, nightclubs, planes, trains, buses, ships, all covered, not a trace. I wasn't worried yet. I knew Rohan was someplace in the city. I could feel it. Sometimes he seemed so near, I half expected to bump into him around the next corner. Scores, however, had a problem. I gotta get back, Will. Homicide bugging you? Well, the office is swamped. Yeah. When are you leaving? Flight this afternoon. What about you? You gonna stay? You can depend on it. We waited for Whit Crosby's call, afraid to leave the house for a minute. One of us must always be close to the phone, Hugh said. As the days passed, he refused to sleep, certain that Crosby's call would come in the middle of the night and he wouldn't hear it. And so his tension increased directly because of his lack of sleep. He paced the room continuously, back and forth, pausing only to listen for a telephone that never rang. Please, honey. Please lie down. Has that cop gotten to him? Is that what's happened? 
How could he? Because he knows what I'm doing. I told you that. I told you he knows everything I think, every move I make. Hugh. Hello? Cargill. Mercy, it's him. Listen. Yeah, yeah. Get down here right away. You'll leave in an hour. Just you. But my wife. Listen, no time to waste. Can't get you to Australia, but a ship I know. Standing off. Going to drop a crewman for an emergency operation. I can fix the captain. Where to? Ireland. You better take it. The ship's not berthed here, but I can get you aboard in the launch. She's got a day's call in Miami, and your wife can join you there. Percy? Take it. That's a good idea. Okay, I'll be right down. After scores left, I spent my time haunting the docks. A hundred times I thought I saw them, walking along the street or hurrying out onto a waiting ship, but it wasn't them. And gradually, a strange feeling occupied me. I lost the conviction that they were in New Orleans. Somehow, in some way, I felt certain they'd eluded me, slipped away. But how? How had they accomplished it? I made one last circle, walking from pier to wharf, covering as much of the waterfront as I could. One last time. Then, tired and thirsty, I stopped in a small bar, a place where seamen hang out. I met a Jamaican, a wiper. Bought him a drink. Charles. Oh, need this drink, man. Just out of the infirmary, appendicitis. Rupture? That's rough. Captain had to set me ashore between Galveston and Miami. Nasty beat of business. What ship? Dermuid, out of Sydney. Captain Larson's master now. Now I need another berth. That shouldn't be too high. No. I'm sorry I missed it, though. Sailing to Galway and Dublin. Never been there, you know. You said the Bermuda uh, was sailing to Ireland? Right-o. First protocol, Galway. Any stops between? One day only, Miami. Of course. Freak up. Galway, of course. I don't let my family run to the medicine chest every time something bothers them. But if my husband or one of the big ones tells me his head hurts and his stomach feels upset, then I go get the Alka-Seltzer. It has specially buffered aspirin with antacids. Made for just those things. If he still doesn't feel all right, I'll call the doctor. Because nothing else I can give him works better than Alka-Seltzer. Mother has to know these things. Alka-Seltzer. Use only as directed. This guitar is part of my life. The way lots of beautiful things are. Like men. I mean, see the way my mind works? Music and good-looking guys. But those men better smell good-looking, too. I like them best when they wear English leather. English leather is like a beautiful folk song to me. Fresh and natural. So all my men wear English leather. Or they wear nothing at all. You'll find a large selection of English leather Christmas gift sets in fine stores everywhere. The Zero Hour continues after this. I drove alone from New Orleans to Miami, not daring to stop. The captain had arranged for me to be brought aboard, and soon I was with Hugh again. Two weeks after that, we were dropped on the shore outside Galway, an old Irish port there almost from the beginning of time. We drove from Connaught to Connemara, through hamlets with names that fall from the lips like notes of music. Moycullen, Trindilly, Derrineen, Alina Hinch, Moors and Rolling Hills, and the gray rock crags of inlets sprayed by the lead-colored waters of the Atlantic. Near a tiny crossroad settlement by the sea, 
We found a little three-room cottage, whitewashed, cleansed by rain, and bleached by the sun. We could run no further. That's where we'd stay. One night, eating our dinner by a turf fire. Take it away, Mercy. I'm not hungry. Do you hear it? There's something walking abroad tonight. Your imagination? No. Listen. It's only the wind. I hear it. It's there. It's the past, out there in the night. I'm going to boil some water and, and, and fill, fill the tub. A hot bath, honey. Good for your nerves. Come talk to me. I'm busy. To the police. New York City. What are you doing? If... If anything happens, accident, anything, look in my pocket. What are you saying? Only that I love you. The journey that hadn't made a scheduled stop and departure in New Orleans. It wasn't carried in the Fort Bulletin. That's how I missed her. By the time I'd gotten the information on her, she'd reached Dublin and sailed on. The police in Ireland are a national organization. We alerted them, and ten days later, they informed us they'd traced the couple. I wired Superintendent O'Hare not to arrest them yet, just to keep them under wraps. On an island, there's small chance of escape. With warrants for the arrest of Hugh Rohan and Mercedes Turner and papers for extradition, I flew to Ireland. From Shannon, I took a bus to Limerick, Limerick to Galway by rail. In Galway City, I was met by Inspector Green. You have the necessary papers. Yes, I have. All in order. I've arranged for you to stay at the hotel. The papers will be approved this night. Oh, you're uh, not planning to pick them up until tomorrow? No, it's a bit of a drive to the cottage. Here's my car. Are you carrying a gun? Yes. We don't carry them here. Well, you better tomorrow. It won't be necessary. He's armed. I know the man. He'll shoot it out. That would be foolish of him. Well, is it all right for me to carry mine? If you insist. Yes, I can arrange it. It's most unusual. I found it impossible to sleep that night. I'd been after them for so long. For nearly two months, I'd held on to an invisible tether, the other end loosely fastened to Rohan and Mercedes Turner. Now at last, when morning came, the final slack would be gathered in. I lay in the soft bed wondering what Rohan was doing. Did he know it was his last night of freedom? Did he hold Mercedes Turner in his arms, warm in his love? So that night, Hugh lay close to me. He spoke only once. I'm cold, he said. Please keep me warm. I kissed him. And his lips were like ice. In the morning, he arose early, shaved, dressed with care. We sat together at the table having our coffee. It had begun to rain. What are you planning to do today? I don't know. 
There's a beautiful abbey at Kylemore. Shall we go see it? Perhaps. But it's a gloomy day. Those cars outside. I've been expecting them. Give me my gun. Hugh, no. Please, no. No more killing, Hugh, please. You're under arrest. Don't, Hugh. You're not a murderer. Don't. They won't separate us. Not ever again. Hugh, no! I stood in front of the cottage door. Rain splashing against my collar, running down my neck. The end of the trail. The line drawn in. Suddenly the door swung open and Rohan's revolver stared me in the face. I threw myself to the ground. When he fired the second time, I shot him. Oh, Williams! Are you hurt? No. Lucky bit for you. Yes. Yes, isn't it? Yeah, if you don't mind, uh, I'll join the lonely. Get the woman. Mercedes Turner. I'm Mercedes Rohan. Your husband is dead. Yes. Did you know there were blanks in his gun? Yes, I knew. Did you put them there? Yes. So he wouldn't kill again. He didn't know. I tried to stop him. Maybe it's just as well. Williams, this was in his pocket. Thank you. He said, in case of an accident. To the police. New York City. I alone shot and killed Albert Turner. My wife, Mercedes Turner Rohan, was not responsible in any way. It's signed Hugh Rohan. <laughs> you are listening to Mutual's presentation of The Zero Hour. That concludes this week's production of The Zero Hour, Bill S. Ballinger's The Wife of the Red-Haired Man. Next week, we'll begin another exciting dramatization of a tale of mystery and suspense. We'll tell our story in five days, at the same time, Monday through Friday. So on Monday, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour. I'm Rod Serling. Today's episode brought to you in part by Quaker State Motor Oil, Alka-Seltzer, and Mem. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. You have been listening to The Zero Hour, a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System in association with Hollywood Radio Theater. Heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host.
Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. Hugh Douglas speaking. Tune in Monday and once again, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Thanks for joining us for Thanks for joining us for Zero Hour. A Rod Serling production. Thanks for joining us for The Wife of the Red-Haired Man on Rod Serling's Zero Hour. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please stop and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews. Until next time, everyone, stay safe, and we'll be back soon.